It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Welcome in to another episode of the Destination Debbie College Football Podcast. I am your host, Paul. You can find me on Twitter at Gump7285. Joined by my co-host, Derek. You can find him on Twitter at D underscore Cook93. Coming back at you with a couple bowl game recaps and some standouts for Debbie purposes, as well as some other transfer portal updates. A few commitments came down the pipe this past week, and a couple big names threw their name into the hat. Going to talk a little bit about early National Signing Day and go over our top 25 running back rankings as of this moment. So we'll get right into it. First game we have was UCLA and Boise State. The only name I'm interested in from this game whatsoever was Ashton Genty. And he had himself a pretty good showing against one of the better run defenses in college football. He had 85 on the ground and then 17 through the air. Couldn't find the end zone that we're usually accustomed to seeing from him. But most of that was due to fifth-year senior playing what should be his last game at Boise State. George Halani had a monster game on his way out. 132 and two tutties on the ground and 45 through the air. Or sorry, receiving yards. So, Genty really played the second fiddle to Halani with how well he played. Unfortunately, they couldn't come out with the W. UCLA walked away with a win, 35-22. to But I know I really enjoyed seeing Genty play a very, very good game. Yeah, I mean, you pretty much nailed every, uh, you know, hit every nail on the head. Uh, George Halani might have been like a going-away present for Boise State. Uh, didn't think Ashton Genty would have a great game against the stout UCLA defense. Um, like you said, Halani just kind of outshined him a little bit today, or that game. You know, both had 17 carries. Halani had 135, and Genty had 85. You know, not a terrible game, but Halani found the end zone. And then one reception, 45 yards. It's it's hard to beat that, brother. Uh, lost the game 35-22. I'm surprised they put up 22, honestly, against UCLA. Yeah, came out with a loss, but, of course, the new head coach, who was the interim and now the full-time head coach. Can't really be mad about that showing, in my opinion. It's a good sign for Genty rolling into the 24 season in his draft eligible year as well. So all in all, good day for him. Can't support. Yeah, I think it's a good sign going forward. I mean, if you look at what Boise State was doing earlier in the year to even be all eligible was was quite the turnaround. 
Absolutely. It's a great story with the interim head coach coming in, turning the whole season around, winning a conference championship, going to a bowl game, and ends up getting the gig. So just an awesome story out there in Boise. We'll roll into our next game, Cal and Texas Tech. Texas Tech put a whooping on them, 34-14. to The big guy in this one was Jaden Ott. He didn't have the best game. He didn't have a big game like I anticipated him to have. But he did have 55 receiving yards and then another 45 on the ground with one touchdown. So, again, another 2025 draft-eligible running back, having a pretty good game. Texas Tech is a pretty solid team all around, finished the season 7-6. and six. They gave Oregon some fits. They had a couple close games with obviously better teams than them. So it was a pretty good way to end the season for them. And Taj Brooks. The returning running back coming back for his senior season next year for Tech had 98 and one on the ground. So he could possibly be a name to watch next year. Uh, short and stat, short, stout, built like a bowling ball, running up the middle, bounces off all the defenders. He might be someone to keep your eye on. Who knows? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Ott did everything he could. You know, 16 carries for sub-50 yards, about two yards a carry, hard to do anything, and then your quarterback throwing three picks. You know, not a recipe for success. Like you said, Texas Tech gave a couple opponents um, a run for their money earlier in the season. I think Texas Tech definitely played better than than Cal and was obviously the better team. I don't really have a whole lot to add on to, to what you said other than, you know, you can't win a game turning the ball, turning the ball over. No, absolutely not. In other Texas Tech news, they did secure the national letter of intent from in, incoming five-star wide receiver Micah Hudson. So Texas Tech will have themselves, uh, hopefully, what turns out to be another stud, maybe the next Michael Crabtree type of wide receiver coming out of that school. Who knows? But they did secure him. He didn't flip on him last minute. So maybe they are building towards something bigger here in the near future down there in Lubbock. Very well could be. Um, I like the Michael Crabtree reference. You know, Michael Crabtree beating Texas, that's that's a core memory for me. I shouldn't say Michael Crabtree like he did it himself, but that last play was was crazy. Yeah, that game will forever live on in memory. Anybody our age, you know, 30s, late 20s, how even mid-20s, vividly probably remember that Halloween night. Yeah, that one and then... I know it's a little bit of a, a, a rabbit hole, but that one in the kick six, the Chris Davis kick six, that, that core memories, man. You know, what's interesting about that, I guess, uh, came out later Chris, that he was Chris the biggest, six was a Bama fan. Yeah. Yeah. That's the, what he the, does to his favorite team. Unbelievable. The biggest, the biggest Bama fan. He was heartbroken that Bama didn't even offer him. I, I recently saw that. That was, that was cool. Well, he sure did get his revenge. Yeah. Move on to probably the most anticipated game I was looking forward to, Georgia Tech and UCF. A little bit of a stunner to me, Georgia Tech won 30-17. I anticipate UCF to walk away with a W. But Georgia Tech, true freshman Eric Singleton Jr., I was hoping he would have a pretty big showing. He did not. One catch for eight yards, and that's it. This was all mostly on Haynes King, the quarterback, Texas Tech transfer. Only 87 pass yards, but another 89 on the ground, two total touchdowns. And then Jamal Haynes, starting running back for Georgia Tech, had 128 on the ground. Dante Smith 
also had 65 on the ground for Tech. So it was all about the ground and pound, bringing back the good old days of Paul Johnson and the triple option offense with those statistics. Man, Georgia Tech and a triple option offense. Bringing back some memories, brother. Uh, but, yeah, it's kind of crazy to think that uh, we're talking about Haynes King like this when he was 7-13 to 13 for 87 yards in the air. Uh, but he he did the dang thing on the ground, like you said, almost 100 on the ground, a touchdown, had a passing touchdown. I mean, it was a surprise to me as well uh, that it was on the the legs of Haynes King, I'd say. Oh, absolutely. He willed that team to a victory like any good quarterback can do. And on the other side, John Rice Plumley, quarterback, had 192, sorry, 198 and two touchdowns through the air, and another 32 on the ground. RJ Harvey, running back for UCF, had 120 on the ground. Just these two rush defenses are absolutely atrocious. No surprise that they both did what they wanted to do on the ground. But my guy, Javon Baker, a name to keep your eye on in the 24 class, hopefully. At nine for 173 and a touchdown receiving. He is a big time playmaker, a deep threat. He's someone you want to watch through this draft process, someone that could rise up the boards. And we'll see if he goes to any, you know, senior bowl, shrine bowl, east west game, any kind of all star game to improve that draft stock. Yeah, you talk about nine catches, 173 yards with a long of 57. I mean, it's, it's going to bring eyes to you. So, absolutely. Yeah, he got scolded by his coach earlier in the year. I think it was against Oklahoma. He caught a long bomb and was taunting before he reached the end zone, and his coach has ripped his ass in the press conference talking about, you don't do that, blah, blah, blah. But apparently it doesn't phase him because he's still putting up big numbers and playing extremely well to end the season. I mean, I, I get the coaches, you know, meaning that, and you know, but let the kid have some fun. Come on now. Um, he finished the year with seven touchdowns and over 1200 and almost 1200 yards. So, you know, big year for Javon Baker, that's for sure. Yeah, and to possibly close out his career, you really can't go out any better than dropping 173 in a touchdown in your final game, even though it did come in a loss. At this point, it's about his draft stock and what the future holds for him. Absolutely. Yeah, I think the W had been better, but good on the kid for, you know, Hanging it, hanging it up on 173. Absolutely. And then to a game that probably nobody really watched. Arkansas State and Northern Illinois. Just your classic bowl game that doesn't draw much interest, except for Jalen Raynor. 250, two touchdowns through the air, and added another 49 yards on the ground. We brought him up on our Gridiron Fantasy Show months ago. True freshman, three-star out of North Carolina. Got handed the job a couple weeks in due to injury, and he has not looked back, and he has played extremely well week in and week out. From when I've watched him and seen his film, he has improved from the time he stepped on the field for the very first time until now. I think he's going to be someone we hear about heading into next season as one of those names, like could he possibly transfer to a bigger school, that type of buzz you know, much like Aston Genty and numerous other players that we've heard from non-Power 5 teams. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, like you said, we talked about him previously. I, I could see this kid getting a big NIL offer somewhere, you know, and, and going and playing elsewhere. I, I think it's bound and determined to happen. He came in as a true freshman, passed for 2,300 yards, 
uh, 15 passing touchdowns, only six interceptions. I mean, good year for a true freshman, absolutely. I, I, I think he – I wouldn't be surprised. I think he does. He also had 110 carries and 324 and five touchdowns on the ground. So he is the type of Konami code that we all love, especially myself. He's going to be a name that you hear about one way or another within the next two to three years. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. He fits that, like you said, that Konami code running back or quarterback. Sorry. Um, you know, that, if I had to knock on him, it's just the size. But you know, six yeah, foot, six foot, 200 Russell pounds. Wilson build. Yeah, six foot, 200 pounds. I mean, he, he could be something and he's, you know, right out of your home state out of North Carolina. So good to, good to see the kid doing good. And then this game, there's really not much from a Debbie point of view, but Air Force upset James Madison, handed them only their second loss of the year. They thumped them with 340 yards on the ground. This James Madison defense just didn't know what to do, which way was up. They were pounding it up the middle, and just when you played that, they pitched it to the outside for a big game. So congrats to Air Force, getting a big victory over an 11-1 team heading into, heading into today. Something to build on for one of the service academies going forward. This is always the bad thing about playing teams that run that triple option offense. You, dude, you'd never know. You know, I remember for years, uh, Ohio State, I think they played Army and the same thing. You know, I remember there was one year where it was stupid close and just triple option is so hard to defend against. Yeah, James Madison stood no chance. Like you said, 300 plus rushing yards from Air Force. It's, it's to be expected, but you know, it, Week to week, it'd be a different guy that gouges you really bad. Um, like you said, good on the service service academy for getting the big W over James Madison. I was I was thoroughly shocked, but not surprised in a way. I had my money on James Madison. Yeah, I thought too. they would go in there, you know, with that chip on their shoulder. They wanted to be bowl eligible because they were ten and zero at the time, I believe, when this whole spiel came out and. The NCAA told them no because of their rule going from FCS to FBS. You got to sit out at least two years for whatever reason. It makes no sense when they played extremely well last year. I think they had nine or ten wins last year as well, and then 11 this year. So it sucks. That's the way their season goes out. Now the NCAA just probably sits back and laughs and said, ha, this is why we didn't want you in a bowl game. You lost to Air Force. No, absolutely. Um, I don't get the the whole two year sit out when you you know go up in the division. To me, that makes no sense. Um, I've never never been a fan of it, but you know, can't argue with the NCAA in a way. They got they got their butts beat by you know Air Force. <laughs> yeah, and they own they didn't get in on their own accord. They only got in because there was not enough bowl eligible teams. And then when they're looking for, you know, other teams to fill in because there's not enough bowl eligible, you can't leave out an 11 and one team. You just can't do it. Yeah, it'd be about as bad as, you know, Florida State getting left out of the college football playoffs. But that happened this year, too. Speaking of Florida State, have you heard the big fuss they are making right now? Over the college football playoffs or is it something else? Well, they are trying to scratch and claw their way out of the ACC. Because of the college football playoff, or is it something else? I would assume that's part of it. They want to play in a stronger conference. 
but something about a $130 million lawsuit against the ACC for fees and early termination of rights and blah, 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 things like that. So it's going to get messy. Florida State wants out, but they don't want to pay to get out, it seems like. They just want to walk away. That ain't going to happen. I mean, I, I don't. They're, no, they're going to have were, so much money tied up in this. I forget exactly what was going on over the summer before the season started. They were talking with like JP Morgan Chase about like privately investing or funding the football program and athletic department to basically, they could do whatever they wanted if they were basically privately funded, is what they were trying to do. So they wanted to be like an independent. I guess something like that to where like this situation, Oh, we want out. We're going to have chase pay for it. And they're going to fund the the football team and blah, 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 something like that. But it was, it was unprecedented because no other school has ever done something like that. I mean, I I, attempted to talk to like investors. I mean, I don't see what the problem is with having investors, you know, as long as it's a, a, a good deal. And, you know, if JP's willing to buy them out and JP makes money off of it, why not? Um, but I just feel like that opens up a, a can of worms. You know, I don't I don't think that's the, the right thing to do. You know, just keep I, I don't know. I'm a firm believer in like keeping your head down, just just marching through. And then when this deal's done, you know, whatever deal you have with the ACC is done, then then leave. You know, exactly. Wait your time out or pay whatever buyout you have to pay and move on. Yeah. I just feel like this opens up a can of worms if if they go down this route of having uh, JP Morgan Chase buy buy them out. That'd that'd be normally when you buy out, you buy yourself out. And normally that's from Mm -hmm. booster fund, you know, booster funding. It's the same thing with like when they fire a coach and they've got a buyout. It's all based on the boosters. It's it's normally not a, a third party investor. You know, because now they're just making the rich richer, I guess. Because you know, if JP Morgan Chase buys them out and they're going to, you know, want some extravagant fee and percentage rate and return over the next 10 years, and they're going to get oh, it. Yeah. But we'll move on from that nonsense that's going on down there in Tallahassee. And it's a little bit of recruiting news. Dylan Mariola, we talked about last week, thinking he would flip to Nebraska after his visit. Lo and behold, he flipped. And he signed his national letter of intent, so he is on his way to Lincoln, Nebraska, probably to be the QB1 heading into next year. It would not shock me whatsoever if that would be the case, especially with how their quarterbacks as a whole played this past year. They definitely need to find their cornerstone quarterback for multiple seasons, not the transfer portal guys, the one-year rentals, and they very well could have found it in Dylan Rayola. I re- I like Dylan Rayola a lot. Um, I, I want to give him his kudos to go to, you know, a, a program that's not what they once were, you know, years and years and years, late, late, late nineties. Um, you know, but then again, going in there with no competition, um, you know, we can kind of talk about Kyle McCord, not going there. Cause he was linked to going there at first and then ended up not. I'm sure we'll talk about him later. Um, but you know, it's, I feel like it's a good sign for Nebraska getting a a QB like this to build your program up They're They're not in a situation to go get a transfer QB to be competitive for a year. They just need a, a complete overhaul and rework the whole program from the ground up. And this is a good foundation starting piece to it. 
So I'm, I'm happy for Nebraska. You know, they're part of the Big Ten. And again, like I said, they really haven't been relevant since, you know, mid-late 90s. Maybe early 2000s a little bit, but they haven't been a perennial powerhouse in a long time. No, they are. They're not the black shirts they once were. Maybe Matt Rule can bring that whole feeling and culture back to the program, but he is definitely headed in the right direction. And a little bit of Buckeye news. Jeremiah Smith, wide receiver one in the class and the number one overall player to some recruiting sites, signed with Ohio State finally after doing the commitment You know, at a school like a lot of students do. He didn't sign the national letter of intent there like most of them do right after they announce it. They go ahead and pull out the pen and paper and sign and fax it off right there. He didn't do that for some reason. He signed it the following day, which gave a lot of speculation. He could be flipping to Miami, but he is a Buckeye, and I thought Ryan Day's reaction during his press conference when he was told that was absolutely hilarious. Big sigh of relief for Coach Day. A lot of people were had some negative things to say about that reaction, that he shouldn't be acting that way or it shouldn't be a surprise, blah, blah, blah. That he should have been, I guess, more professional. And, of course, he signed with us. That's the way it should be. And I'm starting to become a bigger fan of Jeremiah Smith with some of the things he said that it's not about the money to him. He said he's going to get NIL money pretty much no matter where he goes and that Miami was throwing all types of money at him, but that's not what he's about. That's not what he was looking for. And thus, he stuck with the Buckeyes with their track record within the last, what, five years, I'd say, at least. Yeah, five, ten years. Garrett Wilson, Alave, Igbuk is going to be coming. MHA. We can go back further, you know, Michael Thomas. Yeah. So he's probably going to be the next – Great wide receiver in line there, and said it last week, I wouldn't be surprised whatsoever if he is the wide receiver one heading into this year. He is an absolute beast. He's going to tear up the Big Ten until they play Michigan. The only way he's not the wide receiver one on that team is if MHJ comes back. Um, but I, I will I, – I read an article similar, but I thought the article I saw said that he didn't fax his letter of intent over until after 10 p.m. I'm not sure how – how accurate that was, but yeah, normally these guys, you know, once they put the hat on, they sign it right then and there and fax it over within the hour. Um, I also same article. He did have a Miami hurricanes hat in the bag and, but yeah, he stuck with the Buckeyes because of what they've built the program, you know, the, their track record of getting these guys to the league. Um, and it's, it's good to see a kid not just chase the money. Cause like you said, he said he'd go make that NAO money anywhere he went. It's 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 not about necessarily the money because he's going to get money regardless. So I'm excited to see what this kid, you know, brings the Buckeyes in year one. And I I do think that there's a good chance he is the wide receiver one next year. I'm I'm right there with you. Like I said, the only way he's not is MHJ comes back. And there's some bubblings about that, too. To me, he's better than Brandon Ennis, who was a five star last year. He's better than Carnell Tate. I I'd be surprised if those guys were above him coming into the season, unless it's going to be the good old, well, you're a freshman, you got to earn your stripes. These guys were here last year, that whole thing. But speaking of the Buckeyes, Marvin Harrison Jr., Travion Henderson, Igbuka, they were all seen at practice, I believe it was last week at this point, for 
you know, whatever reason, no one knows, but they were out there practicing. None of them have announced their intention to declare, and nor have they announced their intention to play in the bowl game. So nobody knows what those three guys are doing. Uh, Denzel Burke, I believe he declared or said he was going to go pro, but he is playing in the bowl game. But uh, JTT, Jack Sawyer, they were also a practice, same thing. Didn't say if they were playing, didn't say if they were going pro. Then um, transfer portal from UTSA, Trey Moore. He's an absolute stud coming off the edge. He had a monster season. I think he had double-digit sacks or close to it. I know he had double-digit tackle for losses this past year. He hit the portal. He was down to Texas and Ohio State. Earlier today, he committed to Texas. So a lot of people are reading into that thinking, well, maybe if he didn't want to go there, he knows something. Maybe JTT and Jack Sawyer are coming back. They just haven't announced it yet. So take that for what you will with him heading down south to Texas instead of going to the Buckeyes like a lot of people thought he would. Yeah, I think um, that's kind of like reading the you know the writing on the wall uh, for a big transfer portal edge guy to you know not come to Ohio State. I think their writing's on the wall. You know, I, I think at least one of them stays. Um, I think Sawyer should stay. I, I don't think he's as polished and well off yet as JTT. I'd love to see JTT stay, but he's an absolute stud beast. Even though I don't think he's quite lived up to his hype, I think he could go play in the NFL easily. Um, really, the only guy I can think of that's not even a big name that said that he's going to come back next year is Cody Simon that was eligible to leave also. Um, but other than that, you know, seeing these guys practice and even though they haven't declared or decided if they're going to play in the bowl game, um, I wouldn't be mad at them if they didn't. You know, if, if you're going to leave, you know, practice, hone your crap, still be good at it. But, you know, don't get hurt in basically a meaningless bowl game. All right. I know Mayan Williams, Meatball, announced he was going to the pros. But Travion still hanging around. He would likely break some Buckeye records if he came back next year. Marvin Harrison Jr. could do the same thing. Igbuka, I'm not sure what's up with him. A lot of people have been down on him throughout the season. You know, injuries didn't perform as well as we thought coming into this year. So maybe he's going to stay. Who knows? Julian Fleming already hit the portal and is likely going to Penn State. So they're, they are in need for some wide receivers against Mizzou. I think Mizzou is going to have their whole complement of players. Brady Cook should be playing. Cody Schrader. Of course, Luther Burden should be playing. So they're going to need some reinforcements. No, absolutely. And then same thing, having a, you know, your second string quarterback be your starter because McCord's gone. So um, that's going to be a tough game for the Buckeyes. I agree with you. Um, the Ibuka thing, I mean, to me, I'm, att I'm attesting all these wide receivers having down years besides MHJ due to Kyle McCord not being a good quarterback. You know, I, I look at what they did with C.J. Stroud. You know, I know that C.J. Stroud's a, a little bit of an outlier because of, you know, the type of player he is now in the NFL. You and I were both kind of wrong on him coming out of Ohio State, but, you know, surely McCord is not not good considering where he went. So it, it is what it is. It goes. We'll just hop right into the transfer portal news. Off that note, Kyle McCord is headed to Syracuse. 
Big-time splash commitment for the former Buckeye five-star quarterback. Of course, if you didn't hint the, sense the sarcasm, completely sarcastic. He went from possibly being a guy at a rebuilding Nebraska program, playing against this former squad, to going to Syracuse. Not knocking Syracuse in any way because he does not want any competition. It's very, very clear he that's what he does not want. So he went somewhere to where there will be absolutely none, and he'll be gifted the job on a silver platter. Yeah, and that's kind of what I said earlier. Same thing about Dylan Rayola. Uh, then we've talked about him for the last week or so. Same same thing. He doesn't seem to be the guy that embraces competition. He wants to just go somewhere and, and be the guy. You know, he, he had his competition here at Ohio State for a year, crumbled under the pressure, would hope that, you know, pressure usually makes diamonds, but sometimes it doesn't even make glass and it just breaks. You know, McCord is glass and broke. He's he's going to he's going to Syracuse. Good for him. That you know, it it is again. It is what it is, man. I, at least he still landed at a Power Five school. Yeah, I mean, there's going to be no competition on the team, but they're going to get their butts kicked every week. So it it is what it is. I'm, hey, as you can tell, I'm I'm not I'm not a I'm not a Kyle McCord guy. I haven't been since before the spring game last year, man. I just. I have a hard time saying good things about Kyle McCord. And so that's where he's at, good old Syracuse. And then some other big-time splashes. Malik Murphy, as we alluded to, I said thought he was going to be landing at Duke and Durham with new head coach Manny Diaz, and that's where he committed to late last night. So congrats to him. I believe their offensive coordinator they plucked from SMU, if I'm not mistaken, and that high-flying offense down there in Dallas. So he could have something there. He's definitely going to be the guy, and he's going to have three years of eligibility remaining. Yeah, I'm, I'm happy for you know uh, Malik Murphy. I was hoping and praying maybe Buckeyes. I'd take anybody again. Um, but, you know, uh, Riley Leonard left, opened up a wide-open spot at Duke. They brought in some great coaches. Uh, Malik Murphy gets a chance to play for the Blue Devils. I might have to come down to North Carolina and see a Blue uh, Blue Devil game with you or something. See Malik There's go out there and ball. A couple hour drive for me, so might have to go head down there and catch one. Then I'd on love to see him play. I really would. Oh, absolutely! I think we're going to see a decent amount of improvement from him heading into next season especially being the guy taking all the first team reps and everything like that. I'm expecting a big season from him. And then other Texas related news, Matthew Golden. Again, we talked about him last week and about an hour after we got off the air, he committed to Texas like we thought he was going to do. So uh, hopefully he will have a resurgence of draft stock and have one hell of a season with Quinn Ewers next year. uh, Jonte Cook. DeAndre Moore, Ryan Niblett, and I believe they have another two four-star wide receivers coming in in this upcoming recruiting class, if I'm not mistaken. So they are just locked and reloaded at wide receiver, even if they lose Worthy at Donnie Mitchell, or sorry, Denny Mitchell. And I believe Jordan Winningham has finally run out of eligibility as well. And Jatavion Sanders, of course, this is all outside of Winningham, thinking they're going pro. But there are some rumors that a Denny Mitchell and Jatavion Sanders are possibly thinking about making a return to Austin. We will see 
of course, after college football playoff on those guys. I don't anticipate anybody announcing before the playoff games. Yeah, if you're a playoff team, you're not going to announce anything, like you said. Uh, what's the sense in making a rift in the locker room if you're thinking about leaving? Um, Quinn, you were staying. I mean, that's all the reason for these guys to come here, some of these guys to stay. Uh, Matthew Golden's a great get, like you said. I think Xavier Xavier Worthy is going to be, it's hard to say easily replaced, but easily replaced with all the guys they've got coming in. Yeah, he's same type of receiver as Xavier Worthy, possibly a little bit undersized, but an absolute burner and deep threat. And then Colin Lacey, committed to Louisville. So they do have a possibly a formative one-two duo receiver between Colin Lacey and Corey Brooks, the former Alabama wide receiver. So seventh-year player Tyler Shaw is going to have a couple decent weapons to throw the ball out to next season. Maybe Louisville is going to be in contention for the ACC for a second year in a row. I'm seeing why Florida State wants to leave the ACC. They're getting scared. I'd be scared too. Um, these two wide receiver gets are great. And like you mentioned, the seventh-year quarterback getting some highly touted guys for one more year before he finally runs out of eligibility. Good for him. And other couple more wide receivers on our list here are Cordell Russell from TCU and Will Shepard from Vanderbilt have both committed to Colorado. So get a couple more decent weapons out there, especially Will Shepard. He is proven. Over the last three years, he's had over 2,000 receiving yards and 21 touchdowns down at Vanderbilt. So he is a well-seasoned, good size, 6'3", pushing 200 pounds. He's going to be an excellent addition to that offense. Uh, Cordell Russell, a little bit more unproven, but a big-time recruit coming into TCU. Maybe he can resurrect his career there at Colorado, but good for them. They also have rebuilt that offensive line. Jordan Centon, the number one overall offensive lineman, did sign his national leather of intent with Colorado. So the Buffaloes are off and running into the new year. Yeah, I mean, um, absolutely love what Dion's doing down there. And then, you know, it's hard not to be a Shadur Sanders fan at this point. I mean, I, we've already bought in. We're on that hill. Flags planted. I think it's time we buy a couple more flags, buddy. Plant them again. At Colorado. Going to um, need some taller flags, too. Yeah. They might be a problem next year, man. And they are headed to the Big 12 without Oklahoma and Texas. So it's yeah. going to be fun to see that conference unfold. Although Utah is going there with Cam Rising, who is coming back and has scared away all the other quarterbacks on the team. As long as he's healthy, he will be the man, and he's going to have a damn good season. Yeah, I was excited to see Cam. I know this is you know off subject a little bit, but I was excited to see Cam Rising this year. I mean, he kind of fell off the Debbie radar a little bit, but I was hoping for a little bit of resurgence. We're just pushing it back a year. And nothing wrong. I think he's a seventh-year guy, too. He's at least a sixth-year guy. I think so, because he. I think he got hurt and left somewhere else, didn't he? Texas. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. The last one, probably my favorite player on this list, Chris Brazel, or Brazel, however you want to pronounce it, transferring from Tulane to Tennessee, redshirt freshman, six foot five, 200 pounds. 
had a great season for the Green Wave, 711 yards and five touchdowns through the air on 44 receptions. He's going to be a big-time target for Nico Amalabaliva this season. Next season, sorry. It's a very, very good get for the Volunteers. Yeah, I mean, again, not much to say. Uh, Nico Amalabaliva, Liva, Liva. He's going to have a – I think he'll have a surprising stock. What is he a red? Would he be a redshirt freshman? He's going to have a surprising year next year. Technically, uh, yes, I think he will be because he played in four less games. Yeah, but I'm I'm a big Nico fan, man. He's uh, been a, been a fan of his for quite some time. You know, he's uh, definitely like him over Arch Manning. I will proudly say that every day. Um, but yeah, yeah they they're going to have a pretty decent amount of weapons between. Chris Brazell, um, Nathan Leacock, a highly recruited wide receiver, true freshman this year. He should get some bird next year. And then Cameron Seldon, one of my favorite true freshman running backs, converted from wide receiver to running back. He should be the number one. Jalen Wright has declared for the NFL draft. That's also going to be a name to keep your eye on. He's going to be fun to watch throughout this draft process. But yeah, Cam Seldon, Nico Amalavaliva, Nathan Leacock, Chris Brazell. It's going to be another fun year to watch the Tennessee offense under Josh Heupel. Is Brew McCoy able to come back or is he gone? I think he is eligible to come back after that nasty injury. I think he can get a medical redshirt. That's what I was if thinking. He doesn't have another year left, but I'm sure he will be he's, back. He's a redshirt. He was a redshirt senior last year. So. Let's see here. Uh, no. Well, yeah. So he he had that infamous story. He was committed to SC, then he flipped to Texas. I believe he was at Texas. Then he went to USC. So he was at SC in 20. I believe he sat out in 21 because he transferred to Tennessee. Then he played in 22-23. And, of so, course, 2020 was COVID. I was going to say, I think he's he got should a year. have one year of eligibility without needing a waiver, if I'm not yeah. mistaken. He has one season of eligibility remaining because of a COVID exempt year, from what, yep. I'm, so what he, I'm reading. He should be back. Absolutely. I like I like me some Brew McCoy too, but that for, for Nico Lamalamaliva, I think he's got tons of talent and he should have a fun year next year, man. I just he's love that last name man. too. Yeah. And then. That's that wraps up the commitments so far. Two huge names hit the portal. One we expected, one we did not. Yeah, I'm Evan surprised. Stewart from Texas A&M finally did officially hit the portal. We were talking about possibly Texas being one of the top landing spots in our eyes, and that's probably burned to the ground with Matthew Golden going there. I think he ends up at Bama at this point. Maybe Ole Miss, possibly. I think Bama's the more likely destination, another big-time school. And then one we nobody saw coming. That's out of left Malachi field. Malachi Nelson. Yeah. True freshman from USC has hit the portal, which, like we said earlier, the writing on the wall is probably there with this one, too, that Will Howard is going to make his way to USC as a one-year rental for Lincoln Riley. And Malachi Nelson hits the portal. What do you think of that? I mean, to me, this took me completely off guard. Uh, this was, you know, out of left field, over the porch, over the green monster. 
I did not expect this one at all. Um, like you said, you know, we, we can deep dive into some of these transfers and all this and that. Like you said, Howard's coming to USC. I think that's easily what makes the most sense. Um, I, I hate kids leaving because they're afraid of competition. Uh, personally, I'm a huge Malachi Nelson guy, but I, I don't, to me, that's not a good trait to have running away from competition. Um, I have no idea where he goes. I couldn't even begin to speculate. I mean, I can tell you where I hope he goes, but I have no idea. He's not going to Ohio State, okay? You Ohio State fans have been grasping at straws all offseason for a top transfer portal quarterback. Hey, we, we can still, we can still, you, we can still grasp. We, we can still hope. We can hope. We're praying. Um, but no, I, I, off the beaten trail, the Malachi Nelson trail a little bit. Ohio State's going to stick with their with the room they've got. They're they're going to you know see what Devin Brown does and then decide in the offseason if they want to have Air Noland be the guy. According to On3, as of December 19th, Malachi has talked with South Carolina, Houston, Tulane, Cal, and TCU shortly after entering the portal. Other than that, I can't find much on what's going on. But it does make you question what Lincoln Riley and SC was seeing from a developmental point of view with Malachi Nelson, who, keep in mind, he was third string all year behind Miller Moss. So he wasn't even the backup. So it does make me a little nervous for Debbie Leagues. Rumors are he, he sucked. He was not good whatsoever in practice. He wasn't. Didn't look like that number one five-star quarterback coming in that everyone loved. He just did not look good at what the rumors are going around. So we will see where he ends up. And to be honest, if you don't look good under Lincoln Riley, the quarterback whisper, I, I don't know where you can look good at, to be honest. Uh, yeah, I mean, he might be at Syracuse in two years. I don't know. Um, I agree with you, though. Uh, I, you know, haven't kept up with Malachi Nelson a whole hell of a lot, but if he's not looking good in practice, being the third string quarterback, you know, especially like you said, highly touted five star number one QB in the class from most uh, most rankings, um, it's not a good sign. So I, I think this is something to to keep our eye on, see where he lands, and maybe, you know, the reason he's taken, you know. I'd like him to TCU and the likes like that is because he's he's not as good as we thought he was. If he was all that great, he'd be transferring to a you know a perennial powerhouse school. Yeah, that or if he was that good and he looked that good, he would be the guy. For right. SC. They wouldn't be looking for Will Howard or possibly I think they talk with Cam Ward. They wouldn't be looking for the one year rental. They would have moved forward with him for two or three years. So it'll be interesting to see where this recruitment goes for him. But I'm not going to be shocked if he doesn't end up at a big-time school. I wouldn't be shocked either. You know, maybe he goes to Michigan. I don't know. We'll see. Don't don't wish that upon us, okay? We might have J.J. back. We just signed two-time North Carolina Player of the Year, Jaden Davis, signed his national letter of intent. Also... Oh yeah, you're right. He doesn't. He doesn't like competition. He won't come there. Probably not. And then, since we're talking about it, uh, Michigan did sign Mister Football for Ohio, Mister Ohio, Jordan Marshall out of Cincinnati, running back, four star, 
So plucked one right out of Ryan Day's backyard for whatever reason. And he said this game means a, the whole Buckeye rivalry is going to means a lot, I guess, different and more for him being from Ohio and being Mr. Ohio football. So that, that'll be fun. Stack I, them chips on your shoulder, kid. Go for oh, it. Absolutely. You got to. He was at the Bengals game a few weeks ago, and they mentioned that he's going to be going to Michigan, and he got a lot of booze from the Bengals Bengal crowd. So that was awesome to see. Oh, I bet. But I, to, I can't remember if, Ohio. We, if we talked about him last week. Dante Moore, he's going to Oregon. So in case we didn't talk about him last week, he is going to Oregon to sit behind Dylan Gabriel for a year, possibly. We didn't talk Which, about him going to Oregon, but we did talk about him for a second. I'm surprised with that. I'm not. I know most people are, but he was the whole narrative around him was he's fine sitting a year and developing. He didn't want to be thrown back into the fire. I think he understands where he's at in his development, and he knows deep within he needs to sit to watch, learn behind someone. I mean, at this point, Dylan Gabriel's red hot these past two years at Oklahoma. Really, no one better to sit behind. There's not many better quarterbacks to sit behind. And Dean Lanning has done a hell of a job at Oregon between recruiting, transfer portal. They're going to roll into the Big Ten. I think they're going to be right there behind Ohio State and Michigan. Oh, yeah, especially, especially knowing that you're only going to sit for another year. Um, I'm, I'm not upset. If he does sit. I think he's still going to push Dylan Gabriel. I, I just I believe in Dante Moore. I think he's going to be a beast when he does hit the field. But so he's going to be right there putting pressure on Dylan Gabriel. I don't think it's going to be you're sitting. That's the end of it. He's going to be putting pressure on him. I, well, that's what didn't make a whole lot of sense to me going to UCLA. I know that you know he was originally committed to Oregon, but Bo Nix you know kind of chewed that in the in the foot. Um, but to me, UCLA doesn't get those you know, those weapons. I feel like Dante Moore is one of the guys that needs, he's a great quarterback. He needs somebody to throw the ball to Oregon gets those guys. UCLA typically does not. Um, I, I do like this. It is a bit surprising. I figured he'd want to go somewhere and immediately compete. But if you look at, you know, his production and how he performed last year at UCLA, when he was starting, he didn't do particularly well. So, you know, maybe he realized, Hey, maybe sitting a year behind a, a great college quarterback is is a good thing. So I'm I'm not going to hate him for it. You know, and he's going somewhere with competition. We normally don't see that. Yeah, and like I said, he he's fine learning, fine not being the guy this year. So hats off to him for realizing that and being okay with not being gifted a job and willing to be taught and developed and willing to learn behind someone. That could go a long way with his development this season, next season. I'm not going to write him off to be not in the 2026 NFL draft class, which would be his early declare year. If he comes out and sets the world on fire in that Oregon offense, he could shoot up the draft boards in 26 from where he's at right now. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I don't think there's any reason he won't with the recruits that Oregon gets. You know, it should be, you know, cocked, locked, and ready to go, you know, midway through next year. That's about it for the transfer portal news as far as the big, notable, Debbie-relevant names. So we'll we'll close it out with our top five 2025 running back rankings. 
and I'll let you kick it off. Who's your top five as of today, December the 23rd? All right, so number one, I've got Quinshawn Judkins. I feel like that's that's pretty easy. Uh, number two, this will be a bit of a surprise. I've got Katron Allen. Number three, I've got Ollie Gordon. Number four, got – oh, did I lose you? Sorry, my, my Wi-Fi is acting up. Number four, I've got Nick Singleton. And number five, I've got Amari and Hampton. So Nick Singleton just shit the bed this week is what you're saying. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, we've we talked, I feel like we talked about Nick Singleton a lot this year, and none of it was really good. Um Kate Not until the last the last game. Yeah, really. I mean, I don't get me wrong, I love Nick Singleton, but as we sit right now, he's my running back four. You to me, if you're that talented, you should be able to put it on the field. You should be able to show it. I feel like he took significant steps back when they told him to not look for them home run balls and just take what the offense has given you. This kid's fast. He's a burner. He needs to hit them home runs. If he's not hitting home runs, he's not doing anything better than what Katron Allen can do. He needs to be your home run guy. Not, not a terrible list. Mine's a, a wee bit different. I got Quinshawn Judkins, number one, of course. There's no question about it. He's been there for most of the season for me. I still have Singleton, number two. I think he's that gifted, that yeah, have great athletic profile. He's going to test very well. I think it's just something with that offense. James Franklin, James Franklinitis. I got Ollie Gordon, number three. Ashton Genty, number four. And Katron Allen, number five. So Judkin, Singleton, Gordon, Genty, Katron Allen. Ollie so, Gordon, or um, sorry, Genty's number six for me. He was right there. I got Amari on Hampton, number six. Yeah. And this does not include a pretty decent list of very talented players. Damian Martinez, Trevor Etienne, Jaden Ott, we spoke about earlier. Rocket Even Jaden Blue in Texas, he played very well after Jonathan Brooks' unfortunate injury. And then, like, I was saving the best for last with Rocket Sanders, but since you jumped the gun, Raheem Rocket Sanders, hopefully he has a big resurgence at South Carolina. And then C.J. Donaldson, the touchdown machine at West Virginia. And uh, speaking of Syracuse, LaQuint Allen. He has put up monstrous numbers this year. Majority of his games, he had 100-plus rushing yards. He is a very, very deep sleeper for me in this class. And then we, of course, have some guys that still have not declared, and we honestly have no idea what they're going to do. Jonathan Brooks with the unfortunate tearing of the ACL. I think he does come back. If he did, he would probably be my RB2. Yeah. Uh, Donovan Edwards, Michigan, he may come back. Jarquez Hunter at Auburn and Jonah Coleman at Arizona. Those are probably the four top names that are 24 eligible that I think have a very good possibility of coming back for the 25 class. Um, getting back into Texas just a little bit on Jonathan Brooks. Um, you know, we, we talked about CJ Baxter a lot, you know, coming into the year. And then talked a lot about Jadon Blue as well. Jonathan Brooks went under both of our noses a ton, and then he just came out firing. So I'm, I hundred percent agree with you. If he comes back, he's my RB two in this class. And pushing for if he comes back looking like he did last year, I think Quishon Judkins, he's right on his heels. It's close. Yeah, I said it multiple times. I think Jonathan Brooks is the most complete running back that's 2024 20, eligible. 
it's between him and Trey Benson, I think. I'd probably give the nod to Jonathan Brooks. But same would probably go for the 25 class. He'd probably be the most complete back, fighting with Singleton and Ollie Gordon, maybe Ashton yeah. Genty. But if he does come back, that gives a huge boost to this class. It is loaded at this point in time, I would say. Things could always change. They probably will change. But at this point, there are so many names that are eligible for this class and could be eligible that I, I'm loving it. It's going to be fun to watch, you know, film study and all that, looking into these players more, heading into the offseason, going into next season and watching them play out, hopefully one more year. Yeah, it's a complete 180 compared to what we're going to have this year. Um, this, you know, 25 class, if like Jonathan Brooks and some of them other guys, like you mentioned, come back, um, then it could be the same as like that what, 21 class running backs left and right 20 class. I can't remember exactly the, um, I think it was 20, the tw- game makers, JK, yeah. all those guys. Yeah. I yeah. think that was 20. Yeah. That's, that's to me, that's what it's looking like personally, maybe even better. Yeah. At this point in time, even if we leave out the 24 guys that could come back, I'm looking at a list of, 12, 13 10. names that I like. Yeah, 10 to 12 at least. Yeah. Yeah. And like Trevor Etienne is likely going to Georgia as well, so that could really boost him heading into the season. We know Georgia has historically developed the running backs extremely well, and Trevor Etienne's already a very, very talented back before. Yeah, the, the only thing he's missing is a torn ACL, and then he'll be right in there at Georgia. And on that note, we're going to sign off before this goes any further and some more bad luck is wished upon players from Derek. Oh, oh no, I'm not wishing bad luck. I'm just saying it's a prerequisite. It's a, it's the preseason jinx. Yeah, I'm, I'm but, planting my flag there now. But we'll go ahead and wrap it up anyways because that's all we got. So I appreciate you guys for tuning in to another episode with us. Give us all a follow on Twitter at Gump7285. At D underscore cook nine three, our other podcast at gridiron underscore FS, then of course at destination Debbie. And make sure you check out the website with the war tool, Trinity's tool, Trinity score, two awesome tools to really get you going into the offseason to get your dynasty teams in the proper order for next season to contend for some championships. And check out my weekly Debbie buys and sells article that dropped on the website yesterday. See who I was reflecting back on and changing my tune of the past catchers of 23 that I did say I was buying and selling. So make sure you check out the website and all the other great content by all the creators on the team. And we'll see you guys again next week. See you. Thanks for listening.